Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the inaugural episode of the Q Zero Theater Cast. I am your host, artistic director, and uh, New Hampshire staple, Dan Pelletier, uh, here with one of our associate artists, Tom Lott. Tom, say hi to the nice people. What's up, everyone? So, uh, this is actually going to be the first ever publicly released free episode of the Q Zero Theater Cast. Uh, the the Q Zero, the free version of the Q Zero Theater Cast, will be an opportunity for us to talk about uh, all things theater in the Granite State, uh, on our wonderful homeland of New Hampshire. Um, we'll talk about not just things that Q Zero Theater Company will be doing, but we'll also be talking about uh, you know different things going on. Maybe we'll review some shows, interview the actors for uh, our shows, interview some important people. Also host some roundtable discussions on uh, various topics in theater uh, with a general focus on people that just enjoy theater, both those that do theater and those that just like to experience theater. Um, so, so with today's episode, uh, we actually just got out of the first rehearsal for the first main stage production of our 2018-2019 season, which I know sounds a little weird that all of the shows of the 2018-2019 season are taking place uh, in, or all the main stage shows are taking place in 2019, but that's just the way the calendar fell. Um, New Space. Uh, New Space is a uh, original work by our resident artist, Marjorie Boyer. It is a political thriller about a company that has created a program that allows them to control and delete uh, content on the internet and how some members of our uh, national government might be exploiting that program. Um, so, you know, it's a nice, timely piece. Uh, Tom is playing the role of Vic, uh, who is the programmer behind New Space. And Tom will also be playing Hal in our production of Proof uh, coming up in May. So Tom will be along for the, the ride. Tom is also uh, in our staged reading of Midsummer Night's Dream coming up at the Bookery playing... Demetrius, Demetrius. Yes. and a mechanical and some stuff with that, so it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're real excited to have Tom uh, a part of Q-Zero. He's going to be an integral part of this season and hopefully many seasons to become. Um, so Tom, maybe if you could uh, give the listening audience a little background information about uh, how you got into theater and what brought you to Q-Zero Theater Company. Yeah, so I got into theater, I guess... Compared to some more late in the game, um, so uh, a lot from my parents and grandparents growing up, I was uh, always going to see shows and musicals and plays and all that kind of stuff, um, and so I really had a love for theater and an interest in it and appreciation for all of the work that goes into it. Um, and then my senior year of high school, I had an opportunity to do a high school musical, um, so that was my first role. I played Zeke in a high school musical. Oh, which one? Zeke the... Zeke is the, the baker the one. The baker! Yeah. Uh, mm. uh, so I got to dance on tables. It was great. <laughs> um, so that started off, and then I went to college and auditioned for the theater department there, um, and figured out oh, if I get a role, it'll be great, and I'll see where that goes. Um, got a role and took on a theater minor and fell in love with theater and just kept taking as many classes as I could fit. 
And so accidentally double majored and had graduated with a BA in theater as well from New England College. What, what's your other uh, degree in? Health science, pre-med. Oh, health. Ah, yes. Yeah. The, the, uh, you're going to be a regular Patch Adams. Oh, yeah. Yes. So <laughs> super similar yeah. uh, degrees. So, um, But graduated from NEC, uh, then went to work at Gene's Playhouse and worked up there for about a year um, doing a lot of technical work and stuff with them. Um, and then left there and went to the Palace Theater and started in the box office there and then kind of took some other positions from there and uh, still working there now, um, which is how I met Dan and Marjorie with Q0 um, and got involved with them that way. Well, we are very excited to have you, Tom. Um, <clears throat> now, do you, I mean, just to kind of give people uh, a taste of the types of roles that you play. What 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 have been your some of your favorite roles that you've played and why? Like what what's a, what what draws you into a role too? Uh, so I actually had this conversation with someone the other day. So my two favorite roles are both Shakespeare related. Um, my first was Demetrius in Midsummer um, when I did that my sophomore year of college. Um, part of that was uh, the cast was super close, so we got to play around with each other a lot. Um, and the set had a bunch of different levels and ladders and stuff, so it was basically just a giant playground for us. Um, so that made that role a lot of fun. And then the other role that's one of my favorites was I played Malcolm in Macbeth mm. um, back uh, at the Hatbox last year. Um, and you get to carry around a sword, so like it's just an awesome feeling. Who doesn't love getting to use swords on stage? They're I, just really the best. I, just, I, I remember when I was uh, at UNH, the semester before we took stage combat when we were just getting excited for it we would just look at each other every me and my friends every day and be like, they're gonna give us swords uh, <laughs> and then that eventually got back to the uh, professor and she's like you know i haven't given them to you yet <laughs> uh, oh, love me some stage combat why we need to find a good show for q zero to do with stage combat. we gotta beat each other up yeah, at some point uh, who, I, I, violence sells tickets violence is great so you're definitely one of our, our big Shakespeare nerds. Um, what is it about the Bard that you find so attractive? For some reason, the language comes super easily to me as far as memorization goes. Um, I really like the way that it flows with each other. And the way that Shakespeare wrote his scripts is super actor-focused, where all the kind of choices that your character needs to make are there for you in the script so it takes a lot of the guesswork out and does a lot of the work for you um like iambic pentameter can tell you a lot about your character and what they're thinking and feeling and i just i really love how easy that is to work into um acting choices mm, interesting i kind of i have a little bit of the opposite problem i struggle to memorize verse mm -hmm. like it, uh i in uh acting classes in college we had to memorize a sonnet and i think i only ever cited it beginning to end once mm -hmm. correctly um do you have for my sake and maybe the sake of our listeners do you have any special ways that you approach memorizing verse uh differently than you would memorize lines or is this just i, I something that just clicks within you yeah i mean i'd like to say that i take a different approach to memorizing the Shakespeare, but really my approach for memorizing anything is repetition. Mm -hmm. I try and go over things as many times as it takes and I'll get one piece at a time and connect it to the next. Um, I tend to think of things more as a full phrase as opposed to just trying to memorize the individual word. 
um, which I think helps you kind of get there a little bit faster. Um, but I also, for me, I grew up um, with a, as a Christian and going to church, and so my first Bible was a King James Bible. Ah. So I grew up with that kind of similar language to it. So I, I think that definitely helped lead into that make, knowing that it better. Sense. I, I grew up Catholic, so most of church was just trying to not fall asleep. <laughs> And I say that fully still, uh, you know, in love with um, Jesus. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, which would you say, you know, is your favorite Shakespeare? First, you know, comedy or drama uh, or history? Uh, nobody really likes the histories. No. <laughs> I say full well appreciating Richard II and Richard III for um, what that is. But I think I, I tend to like the dramas more. Um, I like the kind of raw emotions that you tend to pull out of, um, like Macbeth and Othello and Hamlet and that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, for like our Guerrilla Shakespeare series, I think the comedies lend themselves really well to that. I'm super excited to see how that'll develop. Mm. Um, but personally, I prefer the uh, dramas over. I, th- I think if you do them right, sometimes the dramas can be just as funny as the absolutely yeah nothing Um, better than laughing dead bodies yeah so if you if you could only let's say you're you're in this magical uh shakespeare festival where there is a production of every shakespeare uh being performed but you can only get a ticket to one because they're all playing at the same time which one are you going to see first i can only get a ticket to one um that's a tough one i want to say hamlet but it's such a basic answer it's such a basic answer i have such a deep appreciation for it though because when i was in at nec we spent a full semester just mapping out the timeline for everything in hamlet which was awesome because we would google like how long does it take to sail to this other country or whatever and we had a bunch of heated debates over stuff so that i think is partly why i like that one um but no, I think if I could only get a ticket to one, I would have to go see King Lear. King Lear? Why King Lear? I I like the storyline. I like the family dynamic. I like seeing how choices have hard consequences to them. Um, and I think that's something that lends itself well to today's society to appreciate. I like it. I like it. Hey Q0 fans, this is where the ad would go if we had anything to plug. Do you want a small business and want to advertise in our playbill? If you do, we'll plug your product in our podcast and on our videos online. Are you an artist with projects coming up, such as theatrical performances, your band playing, or an art exhibit? Let us know. If you become a Q0 member, you get access to Plug Your Project, where on this podcast and on our videos, we'll talk about your project and tell people to see it. We want artists to help support artists. So, if whether you're a business owner, an artist, or maybe you just want to give us money and hear me say your name on our podcast, let me know. You, We will take your money and then we will talk about you on this podcast.
Do you have any, I mean, before we move on to other topics, uh, you know, while we're here talking about Shakespeare, as we said, we've got Midsummer Night's Dream on January 18th at The Bookery in downtown Manchester, New Hampshire, right there on Elm Street. Uh, It is pay what you will. We will be using a good portion, if not most of the store in the cafe as our playing space. Uh, It will start promptly at 7 p.m. Uh, we have nine super talented performers. Um, and Midsummer Night's Dream, I think, of the comedies, is the one with at least the funniest premise. Um, you know, and pe- when, I, when I'm trying to sell this show, I just give them, um, come see the Queen of the Fairies try to seduce a donkey man. Some other stuff <laughs> happens too, but we all know that's why you're coming to see this show. You're here for the donkey. We all know it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, all of the comedies are quite... The more you think about the comedies, the stupider the plots get. You know what? You think you know a good way of, like, explaining it until you start explaining it to yeah. someone, and then you start doing it, and you go, I... There's a lot of points here that I'm missing. Yeah. But if you could give... I mean, if... Okay, you're not allowed to talk about the donkey-man-fairy uh, relationship. Okay. You could give people one reason why they should come see, uh, specifically... Q Zero Theater Company, Gorilla Shakespeare, Midsummer Night's Dream. What's the one reason these people should come see the show? I think the one reason you should come see the show is because I can promise you you have not seen a Midsummer done the way we're going to do Midsummer. Um, nine people taking on 27 roles is awesome. Um, I think you're going to laugh hysterically, and it's just going to be a night of a lot of fun and enjoyment and uh, moving around and hiding, and it's going to be awesome. Great. Excellent. So let's shift gears and talk about uh, our main stage shows. So as we said uh, earlier in the podcast, we just got out of the first read-through for uh, New Space. Uh, as we said, it's a new work. Marjorie's developed it. You play Vic, who is the programmer who designed New Space. Um you know, you've only been with the play for a little bit. You, you know, you've had opportunity to read earlier drafts and such. Uh, what's your gut feeling on uh, this this play, and what your you know, think the experience is going to be like? I'm excited about this one. Um, I this is my first kind of real original work getting to work on um, and getting to be involved with the director and playwright and the other actors and have a constructive part to developing it is a really cool experience that I'm excited for. Um, I think there's a lot of pieces to Vic that we're going to develop more, and um, I think we're going to figure out a lot about kind of Vic's history and where he's going um, and his involvement with the world and politics. Um, And it's something that I think a lot of people will probably relate to, not specifically the situation, but just his emotions and the way he plays things and his relationships, I think, is going to lend itself well to people having a connection with him. So this is, you've never done, you've never been part of a development of a new work. This is your first. Yeah, this is my first time getting to excellent take a stab is, at it. Is any it. of that uh, overly, you know, terrifying you? Again, like all we've had so far is the read through. We haven't gotten into any of that. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll definitely come back and, you know, do another interview when we're closer to uh, showtime and then, you know, do a, 
I would love to do actually just a podcast post-mortem. Uh, maybe that one will be a Patreon slash membership exclusive. <laughs> um, so if you know if you want that bonus content, you can become a member either through our Patreon or GoFundMe page. Um, but what do you anticipate being the biggest challenge of creating this new piece, as the, which as of right now is only 31 pages, runs about half an hour, that we're hoping to develop into a play that runs at least 90 minutes? Honestly, I think what the biggest challenge is going to be is right now we have really solid points and some of them connect and there's a couple that are a little further away from each other that we're going to have to develop to getting there. I think the biggest challenge is going to be as we start developing more and connecting those points, I think we're going to explode in the directions that we want to take this and the amount of information we have. I think the toughest part is going to be cutting that back to hit the real solid 90-minute this is the story we want to tell with these characters right now. Good. I look forward to uh, working on the piece with you and getting to explore and create and bring this new light to work. Because I think uh, not enough theaters uh, are you know brave enough to do take on new work. There's a lot of challenge. Um, you know, as a director and producer, um, new work can be a a big risk because you don't know what the end product's going to be you try to pick a show that you do like the script but you got to know that you're going to develop it and uh it's got to have a good hook and um but you take away an element that helps you sell tickets which is uh you know people's familiarity with things if there's one thing i think i've learned in my uh you know short time as a director and producer it's that audience members want to be comfortable before they'll walk through the door. So you got to give them something that they already know, which is why I think you see on Broadway the uh, popularity of the jukebox musical. Or, you know, once uh, a particular playwright um, or composer gets known that you'll get these like, oh, well, you liked, uh, you know, this show. Well, then they wrote this other show. It's like, oh, okay, I know that. Um, Or it's based off of the book that they read. Or it has the actor that they know. So when we're going into this show with a lot of unknowns, uh, it can be a little bit harder to sell. So it makes that uh, a a bit of a risk. So I guess my uh, next question, Tom, um, you know, not, I know a lot of theaters don't do new work, but is there any reason why you say you might have avoided taking on new work in the past or why you haven't had the opportunity for that? Um, And what... Uh, you know, what do you think would keep people from doing new work? You know, I think part of the reason I haven't gotten to do new work until now isn't that I've been avoiding it or, like, trying to steer away from it for more known stuff. Um, I think a big portion to it is my department at school didn't have, like, playwriting classes and we didn't have, you know, these opportunities to write and experiment in class and try that kind of stuff. Um, So that's part of it. And then the other part of it is that the New Hampshire community theater scene, for the most part, tends to steer more towards the known pieces or the musicals and that kind of stuff, um, which I totally understand and get why they head that way. Um, So it's just been more of an availability kind of thing. Mm. Um, So I'm excited to do it, and I think had I had more opportunities prior to this, I would have tried jumping in sooner and getting my hands in there, so... Yeah, excellent. I mean, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of developing of new work this year. This is our biggest uh, endeavor in the new work area. 
Um, but we will have our stage readings, including on January 25th at the uh, lovely Jupiter Hall in downtown Manchester, right on Hanover Street, across from the historic Palace Theatre, where we will be presenting two new works by resident artist Marjorie Boyer that will be presented as a staged reading, followed by a talk back where the audience can give feedback and ask questions of both the performers, the playwright, and the director. Don't want to uh, miss that one. Um, Tom, would you, do you believe that new work is important to the theater community overall, like the greater theater community, and uh, why or why not? Yeah, I do think it's important. I think theater as a whole is always growing and developing, and I think theater and the arts have a important job of having an impact to social discussions and to changes within government or within social structures. And I think if you just stick with classic pieces or pieces that are known, you don't have that opportunity as much to connect directly with what the world is facing now and what the country's going through and what people are going through and feeling. Um, there's always shows that you're going to see have a different spin on it to try and make it more relevant. Um, but I think if you just cut out new works in general, you're cutting out that new, fresh connection to these feelings and thoughts and emotions that people tend to have. Do you, uh, do you often seek out getting an opportunity to uh, be the, an audience member to new work? And if so, um, you know, as we said, if, if you've lost that familiarity, what would drive you to get to go see a new play? Like, what would you need? What what hooks or draws you to a new play that another theater company might be producing? I think for me, I always try and see as much theater as I can um, within my schedule, whatever my schedule will allow. Um, and unfortunately, over the past couple of years, it's been less than I would have liked it to be. Um, I think for me, as long as I know that there's theater going on, whether it's through Facebook or social, other social media or just ads for stuff. Um, if I know about it and can fit into my schedule, I try and make an effort to get there to experience it. Um, so I think that advertising and media is an important aspect to it for me. Cool. Um, what was the last play you saw that you, you know, maybe knew nothing or little about? Um, and what was that experience like? Yeah, the last play that I saw that I knew little to nothing about was in Boston at the Huntington Theatre Company. It was called uh, Man in the Ring, mm -hmm. um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought that the artistic choices all meshed really well together. Everything that was done had a purpose to it. Um, it wasn't extra over the top just to because it could, um, and it was a very raw and emotional performance, and I think it touched a lot of people that were in the audience that night. And what was there anything um, in particular that drew you to that particular production? Was it just, again, you like to see theater and you like to take in things different, or was there anything that that show was offering or that theater company in specific that made you go, this is the show I'm going to go see this weekend? Yeah, so I mean, for that one, it was, um, I saw an ad on Facebook for it um, as I was scrolling through my feed and stopped and watched it, um, and I just, I really liked the way that the lighting was done for it from what I saw and how that matched with the set, um, and it made me curious as to what the story was and w how they kind of connected things, um, and so I got a chance to go see so, it. So the moral of the story here for all of our theater-producing friends out there is... Uh, find someone that can take quality production photos 
and be on top of your social media game because that's what, at least what put Tom in the seat, and I'm sure Tom uh, is not alone in that. So. Yeah, I'm sure I'm not the only one that... Yeah, uh, so find a good photographer will be our producing tip of the day. Maybe we'll make that a reoccurring segment on the show. <laughs> um, cool, so I guess... Um, I don't want to get too much into new space because it's still fresh and raw. Um, I think it'll be, de- I mean, we're definitely going to be touching a lot upon it a lot because we want you to come see our shows and we want you to be excited about them. Um, so let's uh, talk a little bit about Proof. Uh, so you're playing Hal, which is, yep. uh, it's a small show. There's only four performers in the show. Uh, you were one of the people that while we were kicking around uh, a number of plays as we were building the Q0 season that really pushed um myself towards picking proof um what is your prior relationship with this show and why do you think uh it made a perfect choice for the q0 season yeah so i first got introduced to this show in uh college and did some a little bit of scene work from it um and it really i kind of fell in love with it when i first read it and then it as I read through it more and got to do a little bit of work on it um, at school, I fell even more deeply in love with it. Um, and for me, I really liked the amount of choices that you get to make um, as an actor, as a director, um, for sets, for lighting. Like, there's so many choices that you get to make with this show. Um, and at, from an actor's perspective, my favorite part about it is you get to make a bunch of internal choices um, that you know but the audience doesn't necessarily know um through script or dialogue so you get to have that impact your character and how you're going to play things um and i think that's one of the more beautiful sides to acting that you can get out of a, a script um and i as an actor deeply appreciate when playwrights do that to give you a, a knowledge that you get to kind of you can share what you want with the audience mm. um and i really enjoy that yeah, it's definitely a very powerful piece with a lot of layers. I can't wait to get to start to deconstruct it. Even before we start the rehearsal process, I just I feel like I've only scratched the surface as far as... Um, mostly because I have two other shows and like four stage readings that have to go up before then. <laughs> but also just there's, there's so much there. I mean, it, it won the Pulitzer and for good reason. There's... Um, you know, the family dynamic, the, just the, the relationships there are really what speak to me. The, uh, the, the secrets of the, that the characters may or not be keeping and just, uh, the, the, the internal fights that they have that, uh, you know, and we're going to be producing it in a very, uh, intimate setting. We're looking to be doing it in three quarter thrust with this set built very into the audience. For those that uh, don't know the show, the set, it all takes place on a extended back porch of a house uh, in downtown, uh, not downtown, in Chicago. Um, I, uh, this specific neighborhood is escaping me right now, but near the University of Chicago. Um, and we're going to, try, you know, our goal is to build a very realistic porch there so it feels like the audience is sitting you know just outside of uh, their home and those plays that take you into someone's home have that extra element of intimacy really can connect to these characters from lights up at the top of the show um so it'll be a a great piece to get to explore um and 
we think we've got a great cast. I'm uh, looking forward to introducing you the audience to them over um, the next few weeks. But again, um, don't want to dwell on that too much because we do, as we said, we've got plenty of other shows going on. So much going on. Um, so uh, Proof runs the uh, first weekend of May, is the 3rd, the 4th, the 5th. Uh, New Space runs March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Uh, as we said, we've got the two stage routes in January. We'll be announcing a lot of other things coming up at Jupiter Hall very soon. Uh, Next to Normal closes our season at the Hatbox. Uh, eventually, sometime soon, Andrew is trying to get me to do a performance lab at the Hatbox. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. You get to come hear me lecture and teach a workshop on something that does with theater. Uh, it'll either be directing or producing or possibly writing, um, but I'm leaning towards the first two. Um, so Tom, um, it, I think we're, you know, we're up against, uh, you know, we're on until almost half an hour, which I feel is the optimal amount of time for this first episode, especially yep. where it's just the two of us. I think once we get more people involved, it'll be a bit longer, but, um, what's the number one thing you're most excited for, for the Q0 season? It's so tough. Um, I think for me, the thing I'm most excited for, for this season is, uh, all of the opportunities that we have for our audience to get super close and connected with us. Um, I think through our Guerrilla Shakespeare series and Jupiter Hall um, and putting stuff in like three-quarter thrust, you're going to feel super connected to us super fast. Um, and hopefully those relationships will build and you'll keep coming back for more. Uh, what would you say drew you to want to be a part of uh, Q0? I think the, the thing that drew me the most to Q0 was that it's trying to be new and innovative and um, fill some gaps that I feel the New Hampshire theater scene is currently missing. Um, and so getting to be a part of that and help you know act and develop and really see how far we can take this is uh, super exciting. Excellent. Um, and as you know, like Q0's biggest thing is helping actors... Um, or all different types of creatives building their portfolios. What do you personally hope uh, most to get out of Q0? Um, and how does that play into your long-term goals as a theater professional? For me personally, um, I mean, at least for this season, I'm really hoping to um, develop my acting abilities more um, and really focus in on that because that's something that's taken a backseat the past couple of years um so getting to get back into that scene and build my resume and develop those skills is uh very exciting um but i think long term to get to be a part of the artistic team and figure out picking seasons and you know advertising and media and developing network connections i think is something that's going to help me in any field that i go into in the future um whether i stay in theater or go on a different path mm. um all those options are there for me and it's skills i think are going to translate into any other area everything goes perfectly right for tom lot where are you in seven years uh that is a tough question um i think i so for my personal goal is um, I always want to do stuff that I'm passionate about. Um, I think uh, long term, and you know, seven years from now, if everything goes perfectly, um, I will be uh, hopefully running a theater um, and continuing to develop arts. Um, but even if it's not necessarily theater, if as long as I'm seven years from now doing something that I'm passionate about 
and helping to develop people and grow my community and grow um, relationships, I think I, I will be very pleased with that. Excellent. I think I'll, uh, one last question, question I'd love to ask people because um, our target audience is theater people in New Hampshire. What's your favorite part about theater in New Hampshire? My favorite part about theater in New Hampshire, and this is something that I've realized over the past year or so, is um, right now the New Hampshire community theater scene seems very small as far as actors go. Everybody knows everybody. There's you know, you're never more than probably two steps away from anybody. Um, and that's awesome because you feel super connected with everybody. At the same time, that lends itself really well to having an ability to grow and expand more, um, which also offers new opportunities and new developments. Um, and that's another exciting thing because that could explode and develop very quickly as well. Excellent. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners, the Q0 universe, if you will? Uh, my parting thoughts are uh, come check out Q0, everything we've got going on with Midsummer and with Jupiter Hall and the bookery, um, new space proof, next to normal, side projects. Uh, we got a lot going on and that's super exciting, so come get involved. But also important, just support your local community theater, support actors, support developers, um, directors, writers, uh, support the theater scene and help to grow that and see how far that'll go. Excellent. Uh, do you have any, um, you know, I want to make sure anybody we interview here, do you have any other projects going on or has Q0 got you fully tied down? Uh, Q0's got me fully tied down right now, uh, right. which I'm excited about. Um, so it's all Excellent. good. Just want to make sure you had an opportunity to plug anything you wanted to. Yeah, I well, appreciate that. Uh, I hope everybody has enjoyed listening to this inaugural edition of the Q0 uh, theater cast the free edition uh, we're going to play with the format uh, try some different things uh, next time we do hope that we'll get to debut a few of our other ideas where we will uh, have some more fun uh, I know resident artist Marjorie Boyer has a series she's going to introduce where she's going to uh, share with us her passion for bad Broadway fan fiction um, which we're super pumped to have her do her dramatic readings of that um, also looking forward to getting to just have some more discussions about theater in New Hampshire and theater in general. We're hoping to start uh, doing some round tables, um, and other interview topics and maybe even some debates where we'll take opposite sides of things and try to, you know, weigh out our different opinions on things. Um, so, uh, once again, we've got a million different things coming up Midsummer, January 18th, uh, staged readings of new works, January 25th. New Space, March uh, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Proof, May 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Uh, and Next Normal runs two weeks in August. That's really far away, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, one final time, I am Dan Pelletier. I am your host of this podcast, the artistic director and founder of Q Zero Theater Company. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, support local theater and join the Q Zero Revolution. Thank you. Thank you.